Purpose, a podcast that highlights the unique stories of professionals that pivoted their careers to align with their work lives and personal lives more purposefully and with more joy. Pivot with Purpose is hosted by Megan Hull, a globally accredited career and business coach and creator of the Megan Hull Method. Welcome back to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hool, and in this episode, we talk to the powerhouse mother and daughter duo, Allison Brune and Delia Folk, creators of the personal styling and branding company, The Style That Binds Us. Thank you for listening to Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hool. You can find out more information about each guest, including full transcripts at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your own Pivot with Purpose, click on the share button and add your story to the conversation. Finally, be sure to subscribe and share your comments wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your support amplifies our voice. And now, this week's episode. The Style That Binds Us is a fashion-forward lifestyle brand and community for women who want to live a stylish and fearless life. Along with helping women look and feel their best, Allison and Delia also manage a fashion YouTube channel, podcast, blog, website, and host in-person events. Allison is a wardrobe consultant and stylist with clients across the country. She studied at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City and holds a color certification from the Image Resource Center of New York. Delia consults with emerging brands to help them navigate both retail and direct-to-consumer strategies and started her career interning at Versace and from there stepped into a prestigious buying role at Barney's New York before going full-time with a style that binds us. Allison and Delia, welcome to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. We are very excited to be here. So excited. I feel like I should have had you both style me for this podcast, even though we're not on video, it's behind the scenes, but speaking with you two fashionistas, I I feel like I always need to bring my A game. So I have to tell you, I'm looking most forward to this summer, getting back to New York City, planning a shopping day with you both. So can we pencil that in now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait. I have to say, too, I'm so honored to have this incredible superstar mom and daughter dynamic duo with us today. Looking forward to diving into our conversation, as I know we have a lot to talk about, from career pivots to fashion styling, all things retail, brand building. So maybe starting with you, Delia, at the heart of this podcast, we'd love to kick off digging into a brief history of career pivots. And I know you have had some notable highlights. Can you tell us about what got you into fashion and what you're most proud of career to date? Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, I think I'm proud of any and all of it coming from Alabama, not knowing anyone in the fashion industry and or New York, except for like one or two people. I think that landing at Versace, as the Italians say it, for an internship and Barney's on the buying team in beauty, ready, and jewelry seems like a very strange dream. And then ending up launching a company and running a company with my mother called The Style That Binds Us. I can't wait to dive in as I know there's so many business 
offerings there, but good for you. And I think that it's so courageous for anyone sort of thinking New York City movement, this big city. Yes, how am I going to like get in and get noticed? But I give you a lot of credit and know you worked really hard through Versace and then obviously to land at Barney's, which is pretty prestigious. So good for you. Allison, did you always have a love for fashion and styling? And what has been the key to your successful pivots? Tell us a little bit about your background and history. Well, I had always been interested in fashion, but I was actually an elementary school teacher when I was young. And then I was a stay-at-home mom for years. Mm -hmm. So I pivoted at 50 and started my own business as a wardrobe consultant. And then eventually went into business with Delia. So I am a person to tell other women, especially if they are a little bit older and they're thinking maybe they're too old to start something, that's definitely not the case. Go for it. Yeah, I love that. And honestly, we've talked about this in previous episodes, wherein you think about the pandemic and all of the ways, especially people in our industry, in retail and otherwise, were sort of thrusted out with furloughs and layoffs and maybe some of the more tenured seasoned talent out there thinking like, what's next? Am I going to be aged out of this industry? I mean, Allison, like you are standing proof there, but what do you think about the current hiring and staffing that is going on on the retail side? What are you guys seeing? As I know, Delia, too, you help a lot of brands sort of build strategy. Do you help on the talent side? And, And maybe for somebody who is thinking about a pivot at any age, what advice would you give to them maybe stepping into this industry right now? It is harder, unfortunately, as you get older to get a job because they'll pick the younger people that they hope will stay there longer. So you really have to come to the interview with your A-game. And if it's over Zoom, you need to spend time thinking about your background, think the literal background behind you on camera, what you're wearing to make sure you're not wearing anything distracting, et cetera, things like that. Really good resume because you are in the uphill climb there. It doesn't mean it's impossible. But that is something not to deter you, but to really make you work as hard as you can so that you have it, you're putting your best self out there. And I think too, with having this other business offering, styling, as we're all getting back out there, absolutely, you know, excited for events and to be continuing to come back. I feel like we've definitely been on a little bit of a roller coaster. That's for sure. There are also entrepreneurial souls out there that are thinking, what can I do beyond what I have been doing for years in a career? And, and you're proof, Allison. And I know daily we can get into some of the creative things that you're doing as well. But sometimes when you have purpose in your soul that maybe you're not tapping into. Sometimes these signs from the universe and not asking to lose a job, but definitely I've been really coaching people to follow their passion projects. And I think to maybe ask you, Delia, too, is is what attracted you to the industry so many years ago. You don't have to sell me, for sure. I mean, I've been working in this retail space for a long time, very much like you. I, I think retail has gotten a bad rap over the years, especially as jobs have opened back up after the pandemic shutdown and just the hours or however anybody wants to think about it. Certainly that landscape has changed. And I know you both are so in love with this industry inside and out. So from your experiences, why do you think someone should consider a retail or fashion or styling job as a career path today? Well, yes, getting into fashion. So 
you asked me this before. In college, it was time for me to choose a major and also my career path. And so Mm -hmm. somehow I came up with, I'm going to move to New York and work in fashion. That sounds fabulous. I am someone who loves to meet people and lots of activities and lots of different industries and cultures and people working and living together in one space. And fashion, it's incredible that it is truly your nonverbal communication to the world of who you are. And fashion has such a transformational power. So when you put on that phenomenal outfit, you feel so confident and you can truly accomplish any and all of your goals. And I mean, the styling piece of it is so important. And I I think that that maybe is what is getting most people potentially excited to get back into the office (laughs) or in-person interviews where everything has been so digital, virtual is giving us all a reason to shop. And I know that with the style that binds, you guys definitely offer some services here. So I really wanted to dig into that. But this podcast, we just love to leave little teasers for our listeners. I want to put you guys on the spot and ask you a yes or no question. And then we're going to go to a quick break and then dive into all the other things. So tell me yes and no. Do you remember the moment that you wanted to bring the style that binds to life? The style that binds us to life? I don't, yeah, for me, Sorry. Yeah. there wasn't one specific moment. I think mm-hmm. it was a very gradual and organic process of working together. When I was at Barney's, of course, we were all about discovering and introducing emerging brands to our customers. And so I would get very excited and tell mom, who was now becoming a stylist, about this brand, whether Barney's picks it up, it's a great brand. And then also you're introducing your clients to more than just the brands that everyone knows about. And so slowly over time, then we started our own blogs, taking a look at the questions. People kept coming to us, asking us over and over again. And then we're in the same industry. We have the same passions. And also we're working in different areas of it. So we have a lot to bring to the table and we could be an unstoppable force if we combine. But mom coming from the South, she didn't want to do a mommy and me thing where we work in fashion. We have careers. We're serious business women. And it, we didn't want it to be a silly thing. She did not want it to be a silly thing. So finally, somehow she was convinced that we could come together as mother and daughter and create the style that binds us. So I don't know, mom, is there a moment Mm -hmm. that that clicked for you? I don't know if there was one exact moment, but I know when I started to dream about being a wardrobe consultant stylist, once I started taking the classes at FIT, it really clicked with me and I knew, yes, I can do this. So that was when I decided I really was going to take the big leap and, you know, hang out my shingle. And then for us together, it did take me a little while because I just didn't want it to be a little shtick, I guess you would say. Aren't they cute? They're mother and daughter, you know, that kind of thing. Instead, when I really realized that maybe everybody was right, that we did have value in working together, bringing this shared love of fashion plus the fact that we were mother and daughter, which besides the familial aspect, also had to do with different sizes, different generations. This is how Allison would wear it. This is how Delia would wear it. So, you know, maybe we could help even more women than I already was. And then Delia 
that she was as well. So coming together, it really made sense. And I was like, you know what, let's do it. Thanks for, for diving deeper in there. And, and maybe another little yes or no question. And then we can go to a break. So do you remember when you guys thought up the name, the style that binds us and bringing that to life? I remember that I was lying on the sofa. (laughs) I know I was in my old house and I'm sure the TV was on and maybe my husband was there. I'm not sure, but I was just ruminating. Dee and I, she was in New York. I was in Birmingham, Alabama. So we would text each other ideas and we would say, "Mm," you know, almost, almost. And then we kept going back and forth and back and forth. And then I remember blood is thicker than water, you know, all that stuff. I thought we definitely can't use anything about blood. And then, you know, the ties that bind, but then they would think of ties, the fashion that bind, you know, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, the style that binds us. And so I just texted it to her. I remember I was, you know, lying down, just relaxing on the sofa and I texted her. And then she waited a minute and then there it came. I think I like that. And I sat up. I was like, we got a name. I love it. Well, that is a great way to lead us into a break. And I want to talk about all of some of those other business offerings that you have and how you guys work together. So we're going to take a quick break and pick this up when we get back. We learned where the name came from, but maybe Delia, can you tell us a little bit about Allison comes up with the name laying on the couch. Are you still with Barney's? Talk to me about the pivot that then brought you both beautifully, harmoniously together to kind of combine two sides of your business, almost like Gilmore Girl vibes. You guys give me (laughs) some awesome Gilmore Girl vibes and working together very harmoniously. But tell me, what was that pivot like for you? And and how did you get things up and running on both sides? Oh, my goodness. So much to say. So when you're working in corporate, there are pros and cons, of course, to being an entrepreneur and or having a job. And I felt like I was coming up with all these ideas constantly, literally like pages and pages of note paper of what Barney should be doing and ideas for marketing and how do we best get the brand in front of the customer. Anyway, so if you feel Mm -hmm. a little bit creatively constrained in a company, one great way to do that, it's if you are like, if I was Delia 100% Barney's and Barney's wasn't letting me do all the things that I was hoping to do, instead of letting that become an unhealthy relationship, you can have Mm. a creative outlet, create that on your own. So I took Mm -hmm. all of my favorite aspects of my job, which in fashion, another thing about working in fashion is it seems very glamorous. However, you really have to love it. The pay isn't always so great. And so that is something to know about. It's a lot about passion and creativity and everything. My favorite part about Barney's was meeting the creatives and the founders behind these brands. And they have incredible Mm -hmm. stories. And I felt like the retailers weren't telling those stories. And I would get more access to these incredible people. And it's like, 
I'm so honored that you asked me to interview you for the blog. So I started interviewing brands to tell their story on my blog and then also basically creating the resource that I didn't have when I wanted to get in fashion. You say, I'm from Alabama. I want to work in the fashion industry. What does that look like? What is the position for me? How do I go about that? So those were the things that I was covering. What is it like when you're in it? How to get in it? And then we got mom to start a blog because she was getting asked the same questions over and over when she was working with women in their closet. So we said, okay, well, obviously, if those women have these questions, other women do too. And this will allow you to just say, oh, great, we have a blog post already about this and pull that up instead of saying that over and over and or reach other people who have that same question. That was like late 2016. And then, of course, everything takes a little bit longer than you would hope, but we, officially launched The Style That Binds Us in April 2018. So we brought the blogs to life via video and audio through the podcast and YouTube channel. And then that September, I left Barney's because my dream was to go to Fashion Month. And so whenever you want to make a pivot, and mom recently made a huge pivot, if there is someone, and mom can speak to this, someone told her, when you're ready, the teacher will be there. If there is someone who Mm. can help you lay out kind of like I do with my brand consulting clients, the steps and give you a clear path forward. So it really can go from distant dream to more of feeling like, okay, I can do this a reality. So she basically laid out the steps of one, if you want to go to fashion month, this is exactly how to go about that. Setting up the trip and planning out the shows and all the things you're going to see. And two, once you get back as an immediate source of income, and one of your favorite things about working at Barney's was your relationship with your vendors and how can you continue to support brands in that way for wholesale and direct to consumer. Here is how to craft your consulting business. So that is something that's really important in terms of a pivot of one, what are your favorite aspects of your job that you could then make money doing? And two, Mm -hmm. really being able to visualize and feel comfortable with a plan, whether you create that yourself or you work with someone to help you create that. Wow. That's amazing. Well, thank you for bringing that to life. So beautifully said in terms of your pivot and just following that passion and knowing it doesn't happen overnight, right? And I think that that's what everyone in this day and age of starting a business, it's like overnight success. And I'm like, no, even Beyonce, even everyone we know out there, albums, movies, books, it takes time. So good for you for really showcasing your talents out there, like you said, with your YouTube and your blog and podcast, and then really organically coming together. And I want to get to Allison's like juicy pivot because you just kind of left a little teaser there too, David. But tell us too, before I pass it over to Allison, what are some of the unique things that you do with some of those businesses and consultants? I know you map out their plan, but what else can clients expect maybe working with you specifically? I know it's a little bit different than what Allison does. Yes. And it is the most fun. So number one, it could be to create a brand idea. Identity. You would not believe how many people they just say, I would like to start a jewelry brand or whatever brand. However, they don't have a mission statement, a dream client. They don't have all of the things. So they're basically doing what they want to do creatively, but in the dark. And they feel a little bit strange about it. They know something's wrong and they don't exactly know 
how to fix it or what to do. So first you have to have a brand identity and then also we review website lookbook line sheets, basically decide, do you want to have a direct to consumer business? Do you want to have a wholesale business and or both? And then how do we one, get you into your dream stores, the retail stores, and how do you make those wholesale partnerships a success? And or how do you get in front of your customer digitally and in person and go from the subconscious of, oh, I've heard of that brand to actively going to your website, the conscious of wanting to be a part of it. I'm so obsessed with building B as in brand and creating and providing meaning behind a brand. No one needs anything. These things are inanimate objects. However, you can assign meaning and you can create something that the consumer is going to want to be a part of and spend their hard-earned money on. Wow. There is like no lack of enthusiasm on your end. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to work with you? So hello, anyone listening, looking to build a brand, absolutely please hit this dynamic duo team up. Delia especially has got you on that side of it. Thank you for sharing all of that. And that's really exciting. It's almost like giving birth to these brands. Yeah. (laughs) Like helping people along the journey. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, Allison, since Delia left you hanging, can we hear about your juicy pivot? What's been going on in your world recently or like? Talk to us about <laughs> any of those pivots that you have to share. Spill the sure. tea. So <laughs> yeah. I think the big pivot that Dee was referring to is the fact yeah. that I moved to New York City from Alabama in October. So mm-hmm. I'm 59 and I picked up and left everything I've known and moved up here full time. I mean, I'm back and yeah, forth yeah. all the time with clients, yeah. but I have an apartment here and I spend a lot more time up here and it's been amazing and went through a hard time before that but getting here and establishing myself and having more time to work with Delia and our business up here which is the apex of the fashion industry has been huge it's really been exciting and I feel like we're moving to the next phase of our business because of it. That's exciting. I know too, Allison, you, what can a client expect working with you? I know you do a lot of private one-on-one shopping appointments. Talk to us a little bit about Mm -hmm. what your offering is. Mm -hmm. So I do all kinds of things. It's really basically what the individual needs. If it is, I live out of town, I want to come to New York. I don't have a lot of time and I don't want, I don't even know where to go. And these are the things I'm looking for. Can you come with me and do this together? Then I can set up a trip. It can be a mother daughter. It can be with several friends. It can be by yourself. And then also depending on where you live, I go into the home and work one-on-one with people in their closets. A lot of times it starts in the closet, going through a body and color analysis, and then going through their current closet and seeing, just like you've heard before, you know, what needs to be altered, what needs to go, what needs Mm -hmm. to stay, what is missing that can help you create the looks that you desire from these pieces that you love, but you've never worn because you didn't know how to wear them and things like that. And then a lot of times the next step is going shopping. I go and Mm pre-pull the things, they meet me, we shop, and then that's all comes together. I will tell you for someone who was absolutely a fashion clothes hoarder, (laughs) 
<laughs> back in my day. And how can you not work in retail for so many years, right? My outlook changed a few years back where it's don't invest in mass quantity, invest in those amazingly well-made pieces that will last you. But absolutely, I feel like there's such an opportunity for someone who has an eye that can really come in and say, okay, how is this working for you? How is this not? And just helping you establish a, a foundation. I'll tell you, I'll shop and add, but I had someone come in and do that for me. And it just really set me on a much better track, less overwhelming where you have so many things in your closet. You're like, I don't even know what to wear. So you kind of just wear the same few things where you kind of get excited to get dressed, right? And then that full service of you, yeah, taking people out and shopping, like who doesn't love that? So now can you guys come to Boston? <laughs> you come see me. <laughs> oh, we travel for work yeah. all the time. I know. So you're all over for someone not in New York, maybe virtually, like finding out about you, maybe through the podcast. And I know you have so many other mm -hmm. offerings. You can really work with anybody across the country for both of you. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, and yeah. sometimes if it's one person we've worked virtually or not, but if they can come up with two other people, there are three people in a place, let's say like Boston, it would be worth it to me financially to make the trip. It depends on how far away. If you're an hour or two away from New York, it's really not a problem. And the same thing with Birmingham or if it's somewhere DC, you know, kind of, I have some people in California, but we do that virtually so far. Yeah. The pandemic came. So, you know, but that's still a dream to get back out there and finally meet these people in person. So we, we're getting happen. there. Yeah, we're definitely getting there. Yeah. Well, to piggyback on that, maybe for anyone listening over the past two years, in and out of quarantine, not getting dressed, as we were talking about in the beginning, who doesn't need a little wardrobe refresh? I know I have not shopped over the past few months. <laughs> we won't tell my husband he listens to this, I promise. Um, but love shopping. What do you feel like someone should invest in this coming season? And then maybe on the other side of it, what do we also all need in our closets? What are you guys both loving seeing? What could be a great investment piece for someone? Maybe generic. I know it's hard without seeing someone's closet, but what are your thoughts there? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's hard without seeing the closet and it's hard without seeing the body, body type. Yeah. Yeah. Because what I recommend for you would not work for the next person, but... The exciting thing is, and I'm really blown away this season by Delia. I've been really busy with clients. And so she took the helm for creating the spring trends report for us. And I'm so excited about it. She really yeah. went deep and went back to the shows that we had seen in the fall and what they're doing and now what's coming out. So something like that is good to read because what you can do mm -hmm. after that is say, and then we have a podcast about it too. So right. that when we do the podcast, that talks about how Allison would wear it. Like Allison's not going to wear cutouts. Allison's not mm. going to wear this. So people my age can see, oh, I could wear a dress with a cutout, but it would need to be like at the elbow or at the back of the neck or whatever. Or I love fringe. Day is going to wear a full-on fringe mini dress, you know, and Allison might have a bag that has a little fringe in it or a jacket or whatever. Mm -hmm. Plus, there's a lot of trends. So pick a trend mm -hmm. that you love. And also, as Delia has said frequently, you probably have something in, along the lines of this trend in your closet that maybe you haven't worn for a couple of seasons. So yeah. Delia, you want to take over here? Well, have you talked about core wardrobe and or enclosed cognition? I that sounds real I, fancy. Yes, <laughs> I haven't talked about it because I feel like everybody's heard of the core wardrobe now. The core wardrobe is the things that you do need in your closet in order to be able to get 
dressed. It starts okay. with obviously your underwear and things like that, making sure yeah. all that fits. And then there, I have a list of all the basic pieces that it's very helpful to have in the closet. And then the third layer pieces are the pieces where you get to be creative and show your personality, but you can't put together those fabulous jackets or shoes or whatever without the right things to make it come together. So in a core wardrobe, I mean, even there, I feel like I hesitate to say everyone needs a black blazer because different figure types wear different kind of blazers and some people never wear black. I mean, you know, it's really a personal preference thing, but I think that what I'm loving personally, what I'm looking for is I love blazers because mm-hmm. I can take them on and off and I can throw them over my shoulders. I know Veronica Beard right now has this baby blue double-breasted blazer and matching pants. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like it can be this blue yeah. pantsuit or it can just be the blazer with a white jean and then the blue pant with any kind of top. So Something like that. We love versatility and practicality and everything. I love that. But then I also want a couple of fun. Maybe it's because we're dreaming of summer right now. But some I really know. We all are. <laughs> like, let's floral. get some color. Yeah. Right. <laughs> color being yeah. all, of the, all of the joyful things, too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I also very much enjoy, as you were referencing, listening to your podcast, The Style That Binds Us, as I feel like you do highlight so many brands and also tell incredible stories on your end of founders and designers. So out of that, what are you guys most excited seeing coming out of fashion and retail store experiences in 2022? And maybe what are you looking for beyond? What's hot? What's going on in in stores right now or brands? that you're really loving? So let's see where to even begin. I think during COVID and lockdown, I have become so much more thoughtful and excited about intentionally crafting a look. And mom has Mm -hmm. really helped me pre-lockdown. And then basically in clothed cognition is what you put on your body sends messages to your brain and gets you in a certain mindset. So that's why If you had been sitting in your sweatpants, not showering for a couple of days, but still trying to work, whether from your bed or your desk, you're not going to feel as professional or ready to go as you could be Mm -hmm. if you did still put on a great outfit, keeping comfort in mind, not being unrealistic, but it's that it does send messages to your brain of, okay, I'm in work mode or I'm ready to go conquer the day. I'm ready to go on a fabulous date and I look super sexy and ready to go. So that's in clothes mm-hmm. cognition. In terms of core wardrobe, that really is the secret to getting dressed because if you have the core wardrobe, it's insane how many outfits you can create with just those few pieces. And then you can add in the fun things, which will accessorize your outfit or get you excited. But basically, what are we excited about? Yeah. Going places and, and really being thoughtful mm-hmm. about that outfit. An example would be before COVID, I went to an event, I think at Sotheby's. And so mom and I said, okay, like what vibe are we going for, for this evening? And so we said, okay, Bianca Jagger, and I wore knee-high boots and this fabulous dress and this leather jacket and even like listening to the certain music, like really crafting a vibe and being thoughtful about this outfit because now we are so excited to have anywhere to go, (laughs) much more so than Mm -hmm. in the past. That was just like, of course, obviously my schedule is packed and I'm in and out of my apartment all day and all the things. I think 
let's see, direct to consumer. Mom talks a lot about how if it's just online, it's really, in her opinion, hard, of course, to stand out, especially with social media is so crazy. They keep changing the algorithms. Yeah, the consumer I is know. tired yeah. of it. They also don't trust it. They're, some of them like aren't even getting on it anymore. So mm-hmm. I do think that there is value in some sort of brick and mortar presence, whether it's your own pop-up mm-hmm. or participating in a pop-up or being sold in wholesale. Yep. So I think crafting and creating that very strong relationship. I'm thinking about Hill House Home, for example. So that is a brand that really blew up during COVID with the nap dress, went crazy. And mm-hmm. then they had this pop-up over the holidays and they could not believe all the consumers, all their customers that would come in, they came in for the nap dress. They were so excited to tell anyone, any of the sales associates about their love of the nap dress and what they did wearing the nap dress. And anyway, so these are brand enthusiasts and loyalists. And another thing, if you have a brand and you're listening to this podcast, brand ambassador programs are also a great way to get in front of your consumer in a direct-to-consumer capacity. Sarah Flint there, you can Google mm-hmm. that. She did really well over COVID once social media was going crazy, establishing this brand ambassador program, which she has hosted a lot of pop-ups very strategically throughout the country. So in order to win at brick and mortar right now, you have to, one, craft a community, have a brand that people care about and want to be a part of, and you have to create very special experiences in those spaces that will bring in the consumer time and time again, whether it's obviously a selling event or if it's more like, hey, let's have some panel that the customer is going to respond to and relate to and then oh well you're here and I just saw this pair of shoes and I must get them so right yeah wow that's so beautifully said and agreed I mean just seeing these brands come to life especially the ones that you do you feel like you follow them on insta and you're like oh you can only buy them online but how exciting it's like seeing a celebrity in person (laughs) you're like yes I can go and shop and I love you and this is why and the nap dress changed my life (laughs) and I don't know anyone thinking maybe not a super fashionista will probably think we're all nuts but no I mean this is a huge industry and retail is not going away brick and mortars are not going away no way I mean we fearlessly talk about this and the past two seasons of all the CEOs and executives we have on that. But it's about store experiences, right? And it's about giving someone a reason to come in and shop. And and I agree with you, it can't just all be done online. So that was so beautifully said. And I need to get off and stop shopping now. (laughs) Start shopping now. All these brands that are that are coming up that I love before I let you ladies both go tell me from your professional opinion, nailing interviews, what are the top three things someone can do right now to nail an interview look either in person or virtually. What are your lasting tips here? My tip would be make sure that you don't wear anything distracting. Maybe wear a solid mm-hmm. color. It depends on the interview and the person you are interviewing. Yeah. But if you're doing it at your home, you can control what the atmosphere looks like. But as far as jewelry, earrings are a great thing to wear, but just make sure that they are not distracting. They're not too big. They're not too crazy unless you're interviewing for a fashion job and then all bets are off. Go glam. Show them your yeah. love of fashion. But color is good, white and black, and some kinds of checks and things aren't so good on camera. So stick with a solid, pretty color, 
have on a little makeup, but not too much. And I think that is great. And we actually have a YouTube video about how to nail a, a Zoom interview. And we have another mm-hmm. one about putting together that core wardrobe. Awesome. So if anybody's interested, they can go sign up for the YouTube channel for the style that binds us and just kind of scroll down. We have a lot of, you know, different YouTube videos, how-to videos, and they can, yeah. you know, just t- pick and choose. It's fashion library. Thank you for sharing all of that and agreed. Know, know your audience, know who you're going interviewing for, but those are some great tips. Thank you for sharing. And as I let you ladies go, I feel like we can talk for a few more hours here, but we don't have the time. Where do the listeners find you both and all your offerings? Where is the best place to engage? And I will definitely link all of your channels and your websites and everything. So it's going to be easy access when someone clicks on this podcast or the website, but where can everyone find you and engage with you? Oh, well, thank you so much for having us. And I'm going to send you links also to the specific things that we detailed during our Perfect. time together. But the Style That Binds Us website, the Style That Binds Us.com, is a great hub because at the top left, mm-hmm. it has the icons to all the social, the podcast, the YouTube channel. You can sign up for the newsletter. So everything is really there on the website. Yeah. I know you both have your Instagram and showing Mm -hmm. those looks, Celia. So if anyone wants to get inspired, absolutely head over to the website, find them on Instagram and we'll link everything. I'm just so grateful to know you both and so impressed with all your career pivots through what I know is a very tough industry. I cannot wait to hear more about the brands you highlight on the podcast, your blog, YouTube, so many ways for us to stay connected to you both. So please keep rocking those amazing looks. <laughs> I look forward to continuing to support oh, you through my various platforms. Uh, you're wonderful with styling and retail brand building. And you got a recruiter and a master coach here. We're going to take over the world, ladies. Are you ready? Are. Like, Excellent. And we are all Virgos. Watch out. <laughs> that is a scary place. But yes, we are. It's I a love it. Act. I love it. Well, I hope our listeners reach out and engage with you both. And I'm sure you will be getting some new clients. So I will see you soon in New York. And thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is time for another Megan Hool Method Tip of the Week. This week, I want to give you five tips on what you can do to set yourself up for success as you navigate an interview process. Are you ready to nail your interview? Well, get a pen and paper, and here we go. Tip number one, research the company and person you're interviewing. You absolutely must go into the interview knowing some key points or facts about the company you're interviewing for to show that you've done your homework, and take the time to look up on LinkedIn or a company website who you're actually interviewing with to learn more about their background and time in their role as well. Tip number two, come prepared with questions. Interviews these days are becoming more conversational than ever, but should you ever get stuck not knowing what to ask, some great questions to have are, why do you like working here? What is your favorite part about this company? How would you describe this working environment? Asking company culture questions not only allows you to understand more about how a business operates, but also you should send some red flags pretty quickly if someone cannot answer these questions with ease. If something seems off, it probably is. Tip number three, if heading into an in-person interview, make sure to bring copies of your resume or portfolio to share, or if interviewing virtually, 
be sure you have shared these assets with the interviewer via email beforehand. And of course, please triple check your resume for any misspelled words. If you have a LinkedIn profile, make sure all the dates and information line up with your resume. Inconsistencies are red flags for hiring managers. If you're out there in the digital space, your information better be up to date. Tip number four, do not forget this is an interview, so dress professionally. Again, whether on video or in person, know what is appropriate for the interview and rock your best look that showcases who you are before you even open your mouth. And lastly, tip number five, shake those nerves. Preparation is key to confidence. Make the time to flesh out what you wanna say about yourself and your background, how your skills align to the position you're interviewing for, and practice, practice, practice this with a friend, in the mirror, whatever you have to do to get comfortable sharing your background with someone potentially thinking about bringing you onto their team. The best lasting impression you can make is showing that you've done your homework and that you have a genuine interest in the role and company you're interviewing for beyond just a fit for the job. I hope you found these tips helpful and stay tuned for more Megan Pool Method tips this season on Pivot With Purpose. Pivot With Purpose with host Megan Hool is a fashion consort production and part of the FC Podcast Network. It is produced and directed by Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And a special thank you to Spencer Powell for our theme music. Learn more at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at pivotwithpurpose underscore podcast.